we have been in the series in the series entitled um, "Under Construction: Building God's Dream," and it, it ends to, it ends next week. But we wanted to really bring focus to something that we talked about last week, in, in the last few weeks, really. What we've been doing is, if you haven't been here, and if you're like visiting from out of town, I am usually this strange. Um, what we have been doing is we've we've been talking about community. That's God's dream. That's God's dream for us is community. I mean, from the very beginning, he created Adam and he goes, yeah, Adam, not so good for him to be alone. Women are like, yeah, that's right, man, not so good. So he created woman. He created community right there because he didn't want Adam to be alone. And from, the, from that very beginning, he's continued to push community forward and forward and forward and say, this is, all, this is what it's all about. Come together as my people. Come together as the body of Christ. We've talked about that Jesus Christ himself was in a community, that he set up a community of 12 men, 7 women, these disciples that would follow him and that would change the world from a community. We've talked about that that has carried forward today to now, to this community. The the community God desires for us us to have is the body of Christ, is the church, basically. And it's our job to carry forward the love of God and the peace of Christ. And last week what we talked about is the community does not work without the least of these. The community just can't happen. That You can't have a perfect community where there is someone that is not poor. You can't. There, you can't have a community where someone is not sick, where someone is not elderly, where someone is not the least of these. Because poor doesn't always mean economics. It doesn't always come from the money side of things. Poor can come from a sorrowful point. It can come from a tough time in your life. I've been poor many times in my life, but I've never wanted or needed for anything economically. But I've been poor. There have been times in my life when I've been down and out, and I've been just lost and just needy as needy can be. And it was people who believed in Jesus Christ who were the love of God at that time who had reached down as the father reached down, reaches down for his son and says, it's okay, we're here for you, man. We don't understand, I can't give you answers, I can't give you solutions, but I can be here. And that's what we need to do as the body of Christ, is to continue, continually surround each other in the love of God, because that's what he told us to do. That's what he said, that's the whole, that was Christ. If we are to be like Jesus Christ, remember these words. I came not to be served. I came to serve. I don't think they put little messages on t-shirts or anything back in the day, but if Jesus had a robe with a message on it, it would have said this. Here to serve. Just walking around Jerusalem, walking around Israel, wherever he went, I'm here to serve. What do you need done? I'm here to do it. Think about how he lived his life. It was one service project after another, one mission project, one outreach project after another. Again and again and again, you find Jesus Christ in the dirt, serving, getting his hands dirty, not afraid to go to places where other people were, where the Pharisees would go, whoa, what are you doing there? You're not supposed to hang out with those people. What are you doing having dinner with prostitutes? What are you doing having dinner with leopards? What are you doing talking to that woman at the well? What are you doing doing? This isn't what you're supposed to be doing, Jesus. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Service was such an incredible part of his life that on the, on the last night at the Lord's Supper, the, 
Passover feast when he gathers his disciples together. If you've got your Bibles, I'm at John chapter 13. This is when they're all together, sitting around the table. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows. I mean, for the past three years, he has lived and breathed with these guys. Everything. They've done everything together. They've shared everything together. I'm sure they have laughed. They have cried together. They've done everything. They've seen so many miraculous things. He knows what's coming. He sits down. Chapter 13 is where I am. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. Think about that. He's about to show you everything. I'm going to show you everything. How much I love you right here. Pay attention. It was time for supper and the devil had already enticed Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel he had around them. Think about that. He had every power and authority under heaven was given to him. You are God. You have come from God. You're about to go back to God. You are God. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take off my clothes. I'm going to put a towel around my waist. I'm going to fill up a basin of water and get down on my hands and knees and wash your feet. Think about this. They wore sandals in the desert, and it was hot, nasty. This position right here, what Jesus was just taking on, was a servant's position. The least of these would fulfill this job. Not the greatest I am. Not Mary's child. Oh, the king of kings, are you kidding me? What does he do? He says, everything's been given to me. All power under heaven. I am from God and I will go back to God. So this is what I'm going to do. Remember, he's showing us how much he loves us. So he gets down and he begins to wash their feet. Verse 6, when, when he came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, why are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now why I'm doing it, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Why? Because it's beneath you. You're the Messiah. You're our teacher, our master. There's no way you're touching my stinky feet. What does Jesus say? But if I don't wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you are clean. That isn't true of everyone here. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that is true. And since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's as well. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. How true it is that a servant is not greater than the master, nor are messengers more important than the one who sends them. You know these things. You know these things. Now do them. 
That's the path of blessing. Okay, if, you, if you've been here for any length of time, if, you, if you've come, if you know me at, at, at all, you know that I don't like germs. I don't. I carry around with me little uh, antibacterial little you know, things. I have them stacked various places in my life in my desk at work, in my truck, at home, all over the place, because, you know, we have babies under two and change diapers all the time. You know, so I have things with germs. When I walk into hospitals and I do a hospital visit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am able to somehow put on this little shield of protection and go into those rooms. But as soon as I'm out, it's like lathering up in Purell. I mean, just head to toe. I don't like germs. Foot washing, never going to happen. No, there's no, people ask all the time, hey, why don't we do a foot washing? Because it's, you know, it's, you know, Lord's Supper, it's great, we could do it before communion. I'm like, are you kidding me? Before I'm about to serve somebody the bread and the cup? No way am I touching your feet. You know, I mean, there's no way. Goodness, I can't tell you how much I have, you know, I know if there's any psychologists out there, I really need to talk to you about this, but I got this thing with feet. And I'm not touching your stinky feet. I mean, seriously, we don't even live in desert times where you're wearing sandals and it's hot and walking through the, the desert and the dust and you come on, kick your old size 12s up there and go, here you go, have at it. That's not, I mean, wow. My faith is strong, but, you know, there's some things that, you know, I'm like, Jesus, seriously. And I've had people tell me, I, like when I was in, I'm in the process of becoming fully ordained and it's, you know, it's, you know, all these wonderful hur- hurdles and hoops you have to jump through and, I have to do a lot of writings, and I've sent them off, and like 23 pages of writings, and they, I get, they get critiqued and sent back to me by other pastors. And this one pastor sent back to me my writings. One of the questions is on the sacraments. In the Methodist Church, we got two, baptism and Holy Communion. Great. I'm on board with those. I understand them. It's about, it's, uh, yeah, I'm in. So I write about these things. He writes me back and says, I think we need to add another sacrament, sacrament of foot washing. It was at the Lord's Supper. It's very holy. And he goes into this lengthy little you know, thing and, you know, that I should start supporting this throughout my candidacy process. And I'm like, dude, you're smoking crack. He's a pastor in Austin, so that should tell you something. Um, and I'm like, there's no way. No way. Because here's the thing. Out of this beautiful scripture and this beautiful passage in the image of Jesus Christ, my King, my Lord, getting down on his, disrobing, putting a, putting a towel around his waist and getting down on his hands and knees. And washing his disciples' feet. To me, it's not about the foot washing. It's about the fact that the king of kings was willing to bow. That the king of kings was willing to give up everything and to get on his hands and feet and take the lowest position in the room. It's not about authority. It's about service. That was his message to us. This is how much I love you. That I'm willing to give up. I am everything. I am. But I'm willing to give it all up and get on my hands and knees and to serve you because I love you so desperately. And then what does he say afterwards? You've seen what I've done. You know what I'm doing. Now do it. Do it. Get out there and serve. Be my hands and feet because I'm about to be gone. I'm about to take my service to another level and give my life for you. And I'm going to leave it to you to go out into the world and to wash the feet of the community. That's what it's all about. That's what Jesus Christ, his message was, was to serve, 
to get into the world and to share my love with everyone, to serve, to be my hands and feet, to get down off your high horse, to get in the dirt and the grime and to love. That was his message. And the thing is, he was so passionate about it because, because he was poor. Because he came from nothing. Think of it, his earthly self. He was born to really poor people. He lived his entire life in poverty. There's a story of him walking through with his disciples on the Sabbath. What are they doing? They're picking off grains and they're eating. Remember the story in the Pharisees, jump all over them. How come you're picking off food during the Sabbath day? You shouldn't be doing that. But there's something to miss there. Last week, if you remembered, we talked about uh, there's laws set up to take care of the least of these. And one of those was to leave a corner of your field unharvested so that the poor people, the people that had nothing, could walk through the fields and eat. Jesus is doing that. That's who he was. That's who he was. And when he says the words, when he says the words, when you do to the least of these, so too do you do to me. He really, really means it. These are my people. If you love me, you will take care of my people. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. This is why I have come to serve. To serve with my very life. The thing is, he's not asking us to do that. I mean, he didn't say after the crucifixion, okay, now everybody go be crucified. After the foot washing, now do it. Now do it. Get out and serve. Pack a bag full of food. Take it back to F-103. Feed my sheep. Go with fishing under the bridge. Today you can go downtown. Get underneath the bridge with the homeless. We have a great, great ministry that goes every month. And they feed hundreds of people down there. And there's a service down there. If you've never been, it's an incredible opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Today you can also go right next door to Brighton Gardens. It's a retirement center. We have a group going over there that's going to sing some songs and just, you know, share God's love that way. And then, and then some other people that are going just to sit and talk and listen to people. Just to be there. Just to say, you know what? You're not forgotten. You're not. You're right next door to God's house. Right next door. We love you. We care about you. We're thankful for you. There's so many things that you can do. On a daily basis. Today was a day that we wanted to just focus on that and to cut the series, uh, to cut the sermon short, to cut the service short, to not do as much today, but to do it with our hands and our feet. So after the service, we want to invite you to come forward. There's sacks up here that HEB gave us, and there's all kinds of food that y'all have been bringing in over the last few weeks, and we're thankful and grateful for that. But we want you to come forward and just to grab a sack to put your little letter that you've, that you've written in the sack. And if, if you don't come up here and there's, you know, somebody can get a whole lot of love and encouragement. You know, you can put a whole bunch of letters in one or you can stick them up here um, on the altar with that pile and we'll find a place for them. But just grab some food, five different food items, put them in the sack, take them back to F-103, which is that room right there next to the soundboard. That's our Hope Center. Our Hope Center that is here on a weekly basis. They, they're open on different days during the week to help people that are in desperate need. If you need food, we can help you out. If you need financial assistance, we can help you out. If you need guidance and direction on your life, which is primarily what we do, we'll help you out. 
We'll get you on the path again. We'll get you supported in a loving way. Because that's what Christ told us to do. So we encourage you to fill your sack and to go back there and ask questions of the volunteers that are back there. Pamela, I think, I can't see, that's Nora walking out the door. There's Pamela. Pamela Barquest right there waving her hand. Ask her any question. She'll tell you straight up. She does, she's not shy about telling you about the Hope Center. Let me tell you. She will tell you everything. If you have any questions, uh, if you have children in the children's ministry, they're doing an incredible thing right now called Operation Child. Childhood? Christmas Child. Operation Christmas Child. But what they're doing is they're collecting toys, stuffed animals and things. They're putting them in shoe boxes and sending them around the world to orphans so that they can have a Christmas, so that they can get something this Christmas, something that we take for granted. So if you have children or if you don't have children, just like kids, go to the children's ministry as soon as this last song's done. Spread out. Be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ because that's what he told us to.